from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. Back here on The Drive with Tim Donnelly on 99.9 The Fan. We are joined by the new head coach of the Duke Blue Devils football team, Manny Diaz. Coach, thank you very much for, for taking the time. Uh, speaking of new, let's start with the, the new staff. How, where are you in putting together the guys that, that you're going to be depending on to, to help you run the program? Yeah, um, feel really good about the staff we're building. Uh, got some that will probably be, you know, becoming public. It's a little bit sensitive at times because you have guys that are coaching in bowl games. Um, and it's, it's the weird thing in our calendar. You're trying uh, to get the right guys, not disrupt other people's seasons. But um, I feel good about the direction, you know, get, getting uh, getting all the pieces in, in uh, the next uh, short time frame here is going to be uh, very exciting for our future success. Can, can you let us behind the scenes of that? Because because you see it with the transfer portal, right? Guys that are in the portal have to make the decision whether to contribute to a bowl or make themselves available for their, their next opportunity. Uh, how do you go about, you know, like, hey, I need my assistant coaches recruiting. I need them in the portal. I, I need them out and about. But also you just mentioned you don't want to upset with seasons that they might be be leaning on. Yeah. And well, look, you have to have, you know, overriding principles. The first thing you want to get it right more than you want to get it done fast. Mm-hmm. Um, and you want to get the best guys in because you want to feel really good by next September of the staff you have not so much, you know, was it in on December 11th, 12th, 13th, 14th. Um, so this is a new phenomenon. You really weren't seeing assistant coaches change jobs before the bulls ended. Uh, this is really almost in the last couple of years. Um, usually the bulls will play out before our national convention in January. That's kind of when all the movement would happen. So, um, you know, I, I don't think it's good for our game. I, I think I think the, the players who do play in bowls deserve the right to have, you know, their coaches coach them. Um, that being said, it's, you know, it's, it's here. So, um, but, uh, but it, it does, it does make the, you know, the sort of the courtship a little bit unusual. Manny Diaz, Duke football head coach, joining us here on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline. Uh, coach, so, so break it down for us, right? I, I'm sure, you know, however many days it's been since you accepted the job, it probably feels like, a year and 10 minutes at, at the very same time. Uh, how have you kind of prioritized what have been the things that you've been spending most of your time on since taking the job? Well, number one, it's, it's the locker room here. I mean, we've got to keep this team together. Um, that's always going to be an issue going forward in college football. Um, you know, the, the threat of guys leaving is, is real. Um, so one, you want the guys here to feel valued, welcome, uh, a part of the, the, the future of the program, what it means to be, you know, a, a member of the Duke football team and, the, and, and, and to be a Duke student athlete. Um, after that, you know, we've got a great recruiting class we've got to finish on. Um, and then you've got to be hiring, you got to hire staff the same at the, at the same time. Oh, and also, by the way, you're also looking for the right guys we can bring in the portal. So there's really four fronts that, uh, that you're in a constant battle on, but nothing more important than, than the guys that we have here. And, and are you able to, uh, evaluate the guys that are already on the, was that something you came in with? Did you already, I mean, I know you played some of them, you know, going back when they, when they were very young uh, at, at Miami, but how quickly were you able to evaluate all of the guys that were already on the team and decide what their role would be going forward and maybe even communicate that to them? Yeah, no, you don't, you don't make those type of evaluations in December. What mm-hmm. I mean to me, um, one, you want everybody that's, that's, you know, you know, Get, you know, poured in their blood, sweat, and tears to this program to, to feel that they're they're valued and, and they have the opportunity to stay. And then beyond that, um, you know, even, even going forward, you never really look back um, and evaluate guys off of old film because you never know what they're asked to do and whatever. It's it's a it's a fresh start for everybody. I, I believe this even 
you know, between my first and second years at DC at Penn State, we always say what happened last year doesn't matter. It doesn't because it doesn't matter. Um, you see it every year uh, with programs where they'll, they'll be, you know, high one year, low the next or vice versa. So every year exists in its own uh, vacuum and we'll come back and we'll evaluate our guys by how they attack our offseason program and, and academics in January. And then we'll work to spring ball and you just you keep adding layers to what you can evaluate them off. Of, but it's always looking forward, not looking backwards. I talk with Manny Diaz, brand new Duke head football coach. Uh, coach, I know you're making the, the media rounds, and, and I appreciate you for adding us to that list. Uh, but I did see one that that probably stood out on the calendar, Coach K's Sirius XM show. Was was that almost like a godfather going and, and you know, kissing kissing the ring and, and making sure everybody saw that, you know, you're accepted into the Duke family? Uh, I mean, it's more genuine than that. It, it, was, it was just, uh, I mean, to me, it was surreal, surreal experience. I mean, you're talking about one, one of the, the, the Titans in, in, in the coaching fraternity. Um, and then a man that cares so deeply for Duke and, 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 and what he's done for this university. Um, and just to, to see that he still has that same love um, and, and wants Duke to be great and excellent in all things. So just to sit with a coach um, and, and to be able to, to share ideas and, and pick his mind. I mean, that, that's something that, um, anybody in this profession would, 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 would beg to have the opportunity to do. And the, and the fact that I was able to, to do that was, was definitely a highlight for me in my career. Uh, what does he think about like, uh, you know, aggressive on third downs? Did, did you get into the weeds with it? We're, 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 we're going to come back and, and, and get through the, uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly the, the, the play calling. But uh, I, I actually, we, we I mean, I, I've, I don't hear enough to, I've watched his teams play. I mean, I mean, they're going to get after you on defense and they're going to suffocate you and they're going to, we actually had a conversation about just the relentless pressure and making the other team eventually crack under that pressure, which really defensively in my career, that's what we've tried to emulate um, everywhere we've been. We're talking with Manny Diaz, Duke football head coach here on the Heaster Automotive Group hotline on the drive. Uh, so much of the conversation since you've been named as the, the next head coach has been about your experience in the ACC, your time in Miami, uh, and, and you know what you've learned and are, are bringing to this job. Uh, I want to look at like how you've seen Duke, right? Because you you faced them uh, a handful of times as the head coach at another ACC program. What differences stand out to you from the program you coached against? You know, not not even that long ago, but a, a program that's taken a, a, quite a few strides since since those days. Well, one going against a David Cutcliffe coach team always had a lot of respect for for Cut um, uh, and being a defense guy going against his offenses. You you know you knew that. Uh, you're going to go into a really well orchestrated, well coached offense, usually with with really really good quarterback play. Um, then you saw it the last couple of years from afar with you know with with what uh, Mike Elko um, did here. Um, but I see a lot of David Feely when I watch the team play. I saw David Feely's impact in the weight room, and that's why I was so excited that David you know chose to stay here at Duke. Um, and I, and the players understood. I mean, the players guys came into me you know in one on one meetings and said, you know, David Feely is you know is Duke football and. Uh, and that was great to hear. So, you know, that that was a big attraction for me to come here and uh, and see, you know, I, I always believe this. I believe that um, a coach's job is to show what a place is capable of, um, not the other way around. A place is not designed to show what a coach is capable of. And and I think that's, you know, between the success of Cut um, and Mike have had, it's just showing what Duke is capable of. It's not a one-man show. It never is in this profession. We, and, um, and I'm excited now to continue to extract excellence out of Duke. How it's interesting that, that you phrase it that way. Uh, this place of Duke, what what is it capable of? Because, I mean, you mentioned keeping the 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 kind of 
locker room together and all those sorts of things kind of being your main priority. You know, I see uh, more go into the portal and come back out of the portal and immediately his teammates are saying there's something about the locker room. There's something about this place. Have you been able to experience that and really dive into that in your short period yet? Just talking to the young men and, 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 you know, they talk about the bonds and, and the, the chemistry here and, and um, how close they are as a team. Um, that, that's, you know, and, and that's, that's what attracted me here because I had heard those stories before, before I took the job. So that's what you have to have. And if, if you have that, then you, then you have a platform to, to attack championships. And that's really what the whole goal is about. Uh, and I know you have a, you have a hard out coming up here, but uh, you mentioned you're, you're assembling the staff. You're excited about some of the guys with the bowl games. Uh, you know, I'd, I'd be remiss and then the fans would get on me if I didn't, it didn't, can we get a hint? Like there's some names that are being rumored out there as maybe offensive coordinator being brought in. Uh, you know, how close are those decisions to being done and how close are they to an announcement? What I would say is this, there are decisions that have been done. Um, you know, the announcement thing, you know, a lot of times, you know, there's just, you know, different types of logistical things that have to get, have to, to go through. So, um, you know, I, I think you'll start to see things start to, the dominoes start to fall um, in, in the, in the near future. So I, I feel, I feel very confident about it. And, and to me, what, you know, the way my brain works, the vision is right. We're, we're getting the right type of people. Um, I know what, I want the offense to look like. Um, I know what I want the defense to look like. Um, so I feel very confident that that the, the, the people that we've been talking to um, believe in those same things and have and share the same values. Was it was it kind of the you know I, I talk about the list. It seems like every coordinator who knows that you know they're in the mix for some some head coaching jobs. You know maybe it's their personal little little black book in their pocket. But have you have you had guys that you've wanted on your staff that you know they were your first call? Well, of course. I mean, you, 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 you always carry that list around, you know, you know, obviously the previously being a head coach, or mm -hmm. if you're going to get a head coaching job, you, you look, you're only as strong as your staff. Um, and the, the responsibility that I have is, is, you know, who you bring into the program, either as players or staff, uh, not just in terms of their talent as coaches, but who they are as people. And, and, and I always say coaching is not fantasy football. It's not just, you just add all these, you know, um, you know, robots. I mean, these are human beings that have to be aligned, that have to believe in the same things. The best defenses I've ever coached this past year at Penn State's a great testimony of that. I mean, we had a phenomenal defensive staff, guys that were all for each other, great alignment. So as a, as a head coach, you've got to create that, number one, throughout the program, but certainly in the offense and defensive staff room uh, the same way because, you know, five accomplished coaches that believe in five different ways to move the football or stop somebody will be a disaster. So you've got to get the fit right. Coach, we appreciate you for taking the time, and, and I'm looking forward to see what you're able to build in Durham, so, uh, so good luck. Okay, thank you, Tim. Did you know that your unused medications could end up in the wrong hands? It's important to keep your medication secure in a locked location, such as a locking box or locking cabinet. When it's time to dispose of them, safety and properly dispose of old, expired, or unused meds by using an at-home disposal product or a medication disposal box in your community. Don't miss out on medication take-back events happening near you. Don't let anyone take what's yours. Lock your meds. Be aware. Don't share. Learn more at lockyourmeds.org nc. Two four seven Sports, who covers uh, recruiting, transfer portal, all those sorts of things, is reporting that Malik Murphy, who is a highly ranked uh, transfer quarterback from the University of Texas, who was a highly ranked high school quarterback prior to being a University of Texas quarterback, 
um, is in the portal, right? Quinn Ewers is there, who's returning to to Texas and is one of the top uh, NFL prospects for next year's draft. And Arch Manning is also there, who was the the former number one or number two overall recruit, depending on which service you looked at. Uh, so Malik Murphy hits the the portal. Uh, according to two four seven Sports, he has set three official visits. Baylor is one. Oregon State is another. They're looking to replace DJU. And Duke is the third. The Manny Diaz effect. And they're saying that's December 15th, which is today. Okay. So there's a chance when we talked to Manny Diaz earlier today, we were told uh, the, 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 our conversation with Manny Diaz was like 115-ish. Uh, we were told we had a hard out at 128. Might have been because like Malik Murphy was going to be there at 135. Yeah. Like it might have been. Actually. Uh, so we'll see. But Malik Murphy would be a big, big get for Duke. Uh, and reportedly he's going to, to Duke first. Maybe he's going to visit Willie World's uh, Winter Wonderland after he's done visiting the Dukes. If I'm Duke, I'm trying to pull, like, you, you hear this with uh, free agents in the NFL. Like, I'm not letting them leave campus, not letting them leave the facility until they sign. I might not let them leave. <laughs> I, might, I might lock I'm the, not leaving. Lock the door to, to uh, Wallace Wade. Don't, don't get him in there and keep him there until he signs an NIL deal for next year. Uh, the drive with Tim Donnelly, 99.9 The Fan. Let's get to real bold prediction. Real bold predictions is real simple. Uh, authentic bold predictions. Not really bold, but like certified, authenticated. Uh, Spicy. Uh, sometimes, sometimes. Every time we uh, we do bold predictions, I give my little spiel here. Uh, every, every sports media entity, every show in radio, television, every podcast, they do bold predictions, right? You've seen it before. But they don't have any checks and balances system, right? So they, oh, here's my bold prediction for the day. I think... Chuba Hubbard's going to run for 30 yards this weekend or more. It's like, yeah, he does that every week now. That's not bold. That's boring. So we, we've installed a system here where I'm going to make a bold prediction, and if it's bold enough, you'll hear the bold enough bell or bold enough horn. Uh, if it's not bold enough, you'll hear the not bold enough buzzer. When you hear the buzzer, I will have to, in real time, on the air, make it more bold until we hear the bold enough horn. Uh, so here's how it's going to go. I'll get it started. Den, uh, uh, not Dennis is usually the uh, the judge. This Hello. time, it is Grant. I think DJ Chark catches a touchdown versus Tampa Bay. Mm. Not There's not a lot of receiving touchdowns going around the Panthers. Uh, I'll say DJ Chark catches 60-plus yards and a touchdown. I want to be clear. That's not a 60-yard touchdown. That's 60-plus total yards and a touchdown for DJ Chark. Uh, I think uh, I think there's – he's not a bad receiver. I want that to be clear. DJ Chark is getting really ripped apart uh, by Panthers fans. He's not a bad receiver. I don't think he's quite a number one, but he can make some plays, and I think he's going to make some plays this week, right, in true Panther fashion. As soon as nobody believes in you, that's when you're going to make the play. He's not Adam Thielen. I, well, he's he's a very different wide receiver than Adam Thielen. A um, little bit more downfield, a little bit more athletic, a little bit less savvy veteran, you know, route runner. Um, next up, Kentucky, UNC, Atlanta, men's basketball tomorrow. Armando Baycott goes for 20-10. and 10. A 20-10 and 10 double-double against the Kentucky Wildcats. He really hasn't been scoring like 20 plus a lot recently. I'm just pleading my case now to the the judge here. There's been a lot of like 13 and 13 double doubles. Uh, so I'm willing to go as far as 20 
and 13. Mm. 20 points, 13 rebounds. Still not good enough. Give me a historic number. Historic? What, what about this? 20, 2010, or sorry, we'll go 2013 and four blocks. All right, okay. okay. Well, I was looking for triple-double. Oh, goodness. Triple-double. Hey, look, man, when it's a battle of the Blues, these two historic programs, something big has to happen, a.k.a. the Luke May shot. Triple-double? If, if I had to pick a player from UNC to get a triple-double, it might be somebody like... Ingram, yeah, Harrison Davis. Ingram. Okay. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Just because I don't... I don't <laughs> If Baycott ever has double-digit assists to go with double-digit rebounds, I mean, then he's unlocked a whole other level of his potential. Uh, maybe Davis. That might that might be the move. Um, the other basketball game, NC State in San Antonio against number 12, Tennessee. MJ Rice scores 15. Mm. Not good enough, huh? Not good enough. MJ Rice scores 17. Mm. 19. Mm. 21. All right. Would I've gotten by with 20? I felt sure. like I, I, I was jumping too I, fast. I wanted 20 points. Yeah, I wanted you to reach 20 point territory. Uh, Should have gone 20. Which you uh, said it's going to be the MJ Rice game. Or I think, it needs I think to be it's the MJ Rice yeah, game. Yeah, I think it's an opportunity for him to. Because here's the deal State, and we're going to talk about this game more. Uh, they played BYU, they played Ole Miss, they lost both of those games. But MJ Rice didn't play. If he plays well against, uh, against Tennessee, I think that can kind of ease the tension based on those those losses earlier in the season, right? They don't become as big of a deal because that's, oh, that wasn't us. That was us pre-MJ. Right? That was us when MJ was still getting back from the injury. That was us without MJ. And it, it kind of allows you to distance yourself from, from those losses. Uh, this one is not a fun prediction, but it is a prediction. I don't believe Scott Fitterer will be the Panthers' GM on Monday. Give me a bell or a, a horn. Uh, the reason why I think it's bold is because if you haven't done it yet, you know, we just watched the Chargers fire their coach. Guess what else they did? They doubled it up. Head coach, GM, Tom Telesco, uh, the GM, also on the way out with Brandon Staley. Now, that's a reset, yeah. right? That's what most teams that would need a kind of a full-scale unplug it and plug it back in reset, you know, factory reset. That That's that's what you're looking for. And, and the Panthers didn't do that. So – that makes you think that the owner likes the GM, but I think there's just there's, you know, there's something in the water right now. Uh, you know, Tepper's watching what the the Chargers just just did, and he's going like, oh, oh, you think you're gonna get a bigger reset than me? No, 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 no. Where's my GM? I'm firing him. He might he might fire like somebody that doesn't even work for him just to get get that itch out. You know what I mean? Someone's delivering the mail. You're fired. I don't work here. Okay, never mind. Don't be on this route anymore. Uh, the, I don't know why I gave him that voice. That's not what he sounds like. Uh, the Drive Tim Donnelly, 99.9 The Fan. Real bold predictions is our last one. Seth Jarvis scores two goals tonight versus Nashville. Thank you. You know, you cost me. I don't know if you even knew this. You cost me a Real Bold Predictions winner last time you were the judge. Oh, no. Because I said Sebastian Ajo, two goals. And he hadn't scored in like three or four games. I said he was going to score two goals. You said it wasn't bold enough. I said two goals and an assist. You said it wasn't bold enough. I said two goals and two assists, and you finally said it was bold enough, and he had two goals in that game. This just proves what my friends have been telling me. 
the Graham Hill curse is now a thing. The maybe like the Drake curse. The Graham Hill. Like one of my friends just texted me and said, "You lost me with Armando Baycott won in a triple double <laughs> in tomorrow's game." I think I no, you know, maybe I, if Armando. Wow. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. We whoa, did whoa, everyone whoa. that uh. Everyone watching on TV, the lights just flicker. Yeah, our, our electricity just kind of blinked real quick. Uh, so maybe they don't like the the sports gods don't let it like us talking about the curses that are real, right? They they're like you guys are getting too close to the truth. Um, I think what it is, and this is fair. I'm not I'm not mad at you for it. I think you just have a high bar for bold predictions. It has to be very bold. No, I have a high bar for our players. They're supposed to be producing. Yeah, yeah. So, but but Seth Jarvis, you allowed to skate by with two goals. You didn't make me go to a four-point night for Seth Jarvis the way you did for Sebastian. Well, Aho. it's just because with him not really doing much on this road trip, two goals in tonight's win or tonight's game. He he was firing nah, last night. The Canes. He was firing off last night. He, he was he, firing off. He was he was getting shots off, which along is why with, I feel along comfortable. With Aho. With yeah, they, I mean they were, and I think that's when they and the team are at their best, or when those guys recognize, you know, your goal is to be an all-around player, and and your goal is to be a leader, but you're. Your role is also to to score goals, and I think that even though they didn't find the back of the net, I think it helped them with tempo and everything else that was going on. So I want Seth Jarvis to keep it up. I think he scores two goals tonight versus Nashville.